Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. This is week three, session five of the 2K plan. If you haven't listened to my introduction on week one, session one, either head back and take a listen or go to the rowalong.com website where the full description of how to use this 2K plan is available. It's session five of week three if you're on the six day plan and that means it's a bottom tier workout today where you'll be <laughs> pleased to hear after the top tier uh, in the previous session. So what we're going to do is we're going to take it a little bit easier. We're going to do four 10 minute intervals. Each of them are going to be at 20 strokes per minute and 2k plus 18 to 20. Okay, even if you want to go down to 22, that's fine. This is all about just backing off after... Um, session four's top tier one that should have kind of really taken out of you. Um, uh, going to be a one minute rest in between so really it's all going to be quite nice and easy effort level wise we're looking at around about five to six you might kind of feel you're nudging towards seven towards the end but it's not going to be a tough one and speech wise that should be fine um, you should be able to talk through most of it just let the person next to you reply every now and then and don't just talk away to them. So we might as well just crack into our four minute warm up and I will obviously regale you with my incredible chat through the warm-up and then in the main session. So let's get our machine set up first. Let's go for drag factor. Make sure and set that properly. And if you don't know what that is, I have a video, so watch that. Set your monitor to eye height so you don't have to look up, you don't have to look down, and set the foot strap so they cover either the bottom lace on your shoe or if you're in socks or bare feet, it allows you to hinge forward properly at the front of the machine. Right, tried to get through that quicker today. Hopefully I did. So uh, warm up, run about 18 strokes a minute. I'll uh, guide you through effort level and all that kind of stuff that we're doing as always. Okay, so in three, two, one, let's go. Oh, blimey, my arms are sore. So I did session four yesterday. Um, and yeah, it certainly was. A tough one for this week. You may have seen in the description notes that when I mentioned it to Sam, my coach, he thought I was mad that I'd over, I'd paced it too fast. But I still don't think I did. I mean, I managed it while talking to you yesterday. And fair enough, I gave myself a two second buffer. So instead of it being 2k plus 7 for me it was 2k plus 9 but I wouldn't say it was too fast at all anyway hopefully if you've been through the 12, 10, 8 you'll have left a comment letting me know how you got on anyway so just past a minute into this one or a minute 15 into this warm-up just concentrate on a good solid leg drive okay just really think about pressing don't worry about the rest of the technique stuff I'll go through that in the main session just as you get to the front get those heels down push the machine away with your legs we'll worry about the rest of your body 
in the first interval of the main session. I'll probably just go through technique for that first interval. Right, one more stroke and then let's take a foot out, single leg rowing, still putting a good drive with that leg that's in. Try not to tweak the rest of your stroke too much. I mean, it's easy to really over lean at the front when you've only got one leg driving. So still think about solid, hit that catch here, snap into it. Swap feet. Other leg. I can feel I've got a little, little butt scoop going on already. Come on. Let's get rid of the scoot. Summer 2020 should be the year of the scoot or no scoot. One more stroke. Legs pretty much straight with a little bend. Just concentrate on the back swing and the finish of the handle. So back, handle, handle, back. Back, handle, handle, back. Not the most exciting lyrics in the world, but back, handle, handle, back. Back, handle, handle, back. One more. And then let's swap and just straight arms, just snap into that catch at the front. Just feel that pickup without your butt scooting back before it happens. See, I can do it here. Just in the main row that that all falls apart for me. I'm still sure it's that overlean that I have. All right, one more stroke. Right, keep moving up another rail, have a quick drink. And as always, I'll give you one last explanation of what today's row is. Just a quick reminder that these podcasts are taken from the videos that I host on YouTube. If you want to see what I'm doing rather than just listen, then check out Row Along on YouTube or head to rowalong.com. So we're going to be doing four 10-minute intervals with one-minute rest in between. If you're going to program your monitor uh, in that form to row along with me, then please set your rest to undefined rather than one minute. That way we'll be able to start and stop at the same time rather than go slightly out of sync. We're going to be doing 20 strokes per minute and the pace is going to be 2k18 or 2k plus 20, maybe even 2k plus 22. This is a uh, definitely going right back to the, the bottom tier foundation stuff after the top tier, okay? So effort level is going to be run about 5, 6, and your speech is going to be um, hopefully relatively constant the whole way through, okay? Um, and that's it. So the one minute rest is really just to give you a chance to get a drink, because um, it's a 40 minute row after all, uh, and also but to not just take it too tough. I mean, 40 minutes at 20 strokes per minute is still quite a long row to get through, so... Uh, I don't want it to be too taxing for you. Uh, so, you ready for this? For, so, a total of 40 minutes rowing, so you're going to get a good sweat on today, but hopefully it's not going to be too tiring on the legs and cardio. So, in three, two, one, let's go. First stroke is still a killer.
go. Just find your rhythm as we start. Try and follow me for the rhythm. With a good solid drive out and then a two second return. So you like a one to two ratio. One second drive, two second return. Which means that you're only actually working for a third of the time. The other two seconds are just spent here recovering. Simple really, isn't it? It's like when you work out that you spend a third of your life asleep. I had a app on my phone called Life Cycle, which basically tracked everywhere I went, how long I spent there, what I was doing. Um, yeah, kind of that really. And then at the end of the year, gave me a total of where I'd kind of how long I'd spent at work, how long I'd spent on a rowing machine. And how long you spend asleep, or I spent asleep. Well you just, when you work it out that way, across 365 days, average of eight hours. You think, that's so much time of your life spent asleep and there's nothing really you can do about it. Anyway, that's my existential crisis for the day. I do like this thing though. Anyway, so, what was my point? Yeah, so, <laughs> you're spending two-thirds of this row in recovery and only one second, one-third uh, in activity. However, that's only applicable if your technique is allowing you to do just that. So the key is on the recovery here to be using as few muscles as possible. So what you don't want to be doing is pulling yourself forward from the foot straps or don't know how to explain it, how if you finish with a kind of a back slump like this. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, lost rhythm there. Or if, you, if you're doing this and pulling yourself forwards like that. Oh, I'm not gonna do that again. Right, lost rhythm again, sorry. Hammer back. 
So both of those terrible technique habits need you to engage muscles that you really don't need to at any stage in the row. Well, it's not quite right, but at any stage in recovery anyway. What you want to do is let momentum and body mechanics and the slight downhill of the rail, very slight, just take care of bringing you forwards again. And that means there's no need for you to yank your feet against the foot straps to pull you forwards. If I remember, I'll do the second interval with my feet out the straps again, just to prove this, that you don't need to pull yourself up the rail. Anyway, what's the key? Well, hopefully, if you've rode enough of my videos, you already know that, and you're thinking, do I have to listen to this again? Truth is, yes, you do. Because it's the kind of thing that slips easily and a gentle reminder every now and then just keeps you in check. So the key really it's what your, uh, excuse me, what your back is doing. And what your back should be doing is going from a forward lean to a backward lean to a forward lean. So you're forward to one o'clock, back to 11, forward to one. Now notice when I say forward to one, it's not here that I say it. So I go one, 11, one, slide. Okay? So one, 11, one, recover. So as I start the recovery down the rail, I'm already in my one o'clock position. And this is all done by rocking through the hips, not by going. Okay, so it's not about bending your back. I always think it'd be funny if that's the thumbnail that YouTube uses. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's not about bending your back, it's about rocking back and forwards through the hips. So you swing back, swing forward. Nice and powerful. And that sets you up 
in the right position for the next drive. But also, you help all of this by getting your hands away from you. So hands over your knees. That's what starts that hip rock. So you finish, hands away. So hands rock. And only when your hands are over your knees do you bend your knees because you're already in that forward position when you bend your knees with zero effort almost you slide to the front of the machine so it's not about yanking yourself forwards It's about, hang on, am I going too fast or too slow? However, 10 strokes to go. It's about using the momentum of your body. And that way you recover on the slide properly without using any muscles or very little muscles and less of a risk of tiring yourself out prematurely. All right, one more stroke. Oh. So if you've set your monitor to undefined rest, you'll see there's a button you need to press to start off the next interval. So with about 15 seconds to go, press that button and then get ready to start at the same time as me. Don't do any, don't press the button and then row. You can row lightly right now, if you wish. But once you press that button, no more, I think. Tell me if I got that wrong and if starting to row starts the next interval, it shouldn't do. Quick drink. All right, so press your button now if you get a chance. It's a quick minute, but it's enough just to get you settled for another 10 minutes. Five, four, three, two, one, go. The great thing about, well, there's lots of, oh, I didn't take my feet out, hang on. Ah, hang on. Oh. <laughs> there we go. So that's my feet out of the straps. So I am neither pulling myself back up the rail by flexing my feet, nor am I stopping myself flying off the back of the machine by flexing my feet, because I've put all of the power of my drive into the handle and into the flywheel rather than needing to soak it up at the back. I'll talk about that in a minute. I don't wanna just go technique, technique, technique. I think it works quite nicely to talk about one element. Give you a bit of a break. Chance to concentrate on just getting your hip rock 
back and forwards. And then, after a few minutes in this interval, I'll then talk about more technique. We do have 40 minutes together, so I have to pass the time somehow. And it keeps you right, just at the point when you might be starting to slip. So what was I saying? Yeah. Having this 40 minute row broken into four 10 minute chunks, it's quite handy because for a start, that allows you to row a total of 40 minutes. But without sending you over the over the pain, well, the tier threshold. This should stay firmly in the bottom tier the entire row. And if we were just to do 40 minutes at 2K plus 20, towards the end, you'd start dipping into mid. But the other reason is purely that four 10 minute intervals go by a lot quicker than one 40 minute session. Obviously, I'm talking about perception rather than actual time, especially when you figure it's actually 43 by the time you add the rest. But when you look at a clock, and you see 40 minutes on the counter, you do tend to go, oh, this is going to be long. But just counting down from 10 four times seems so much more doable. Just take it one at a time. So then the key, what you eventually do a 40 minute session is not to look at it as 40 minutes. Just get through the next five minutes or 10 minutes or two minutes or whatever. Whatever lets you, however kind of chunks that you get through it, both mentally and physically, it's the best way to do it. For instance, if I'm doing a one kilometer race, which isn't that long, just over three minutes. But still, three minutes of all out power and cardio. I usually do it in about 110 strokes. So rather than looking at the counter, I'm waiting for a thousand meters to count down, or looking at the clock and waiting for three minutes to count up. I just count the strokes in batches of 11. So I just one, two, three, 11, 
one, two, three, all the way up to 11. And all I'm focusing on is that batch of 11 strokes. I'm not thinking about the next set. I'm certainly not thinking about the 99 still to come after the first 11. I'm just thinking one to 11, one to 11. Then, once I get closer to 20, like the 22 or 33 to go, then I'll focus more on the monitor to see what kind of time I'm doing it in and whether I'm winning the race or not. Because if you're training hard enough and you're at the top of what your body can manage, sometimes knowing that you're behind someone else at just the quarter way through the race can not only demoralize you, but it can kind of almost lead to you doing a few rash moves. So somebody else has gone out too hard, <laughs> but you look at the monitor and you see that they're like 10 meters ahead of you. And obviously what triggers in your head is, oh no, this guy or girl is better than me, I'm going to lose. <clears throat> so at that point you have a choice of going faster to try and catch them or holding what you know you can manage, hoping that not only have you got enough in your tank at the end of the row to sprint, remember, there's always room for ice cream. So, not only that, but you also kind of gamble that the other person has gone off way too fast and will fade towards the end. Whereas if you go faster than you know you can manage, for instance, if you're 1k time is 3.30, so you know you have to row an average of 1.45, but then you suddenly increase to 140 in order to catch up with someone. You are gonna burn out and fade because you're not used to that. Especially if you're only at the first third of a race. However, the final third of the race, when you have a clearer picture of what's going on, in terms of your competitors, that's when you can choose to go past your comfort zone or your PB pace and try and catch and hopefully beat the other person. 
It helps to know your competition at first, I suppose. If you know someone's reputation is to go slower than they're currently going, you can be fairly confident that they're going to fade at the end. But if it's not someone you know, there's a chance they're just faster than you. In which case, if you try and keep up, you could not only lose to them, but you might also lose second place to someone else because you've faded by going out too fast. All right, one more stroke. There we go. Apart from a tiny twinge in my knee through that, quite enjoyed doing that strapless. I think I'll do the next one the same way. Have a drink, keep moving a little bit. If you're wearing a heart rate monitor, keep an eye on it, see where you're finishing at the end of the intervals. I finished at 140 on the nose on both of these. Quick drink. You should be hot, moist, probably a little bit out of breath. Get ready and press your, get ready for the continue next interval button if you're an undefined. So, I mean, it feels, you're working. It's not easy, easy, but, oh no, I just wanted to be out of straps. Ah, three, two, one, go. Ooh, that was close. Almost messed up the start there because of my straps. Were you on your machine yelling at me? Don't go with your straps. Sudden random thought, don't worry. I'll get on brand in a minute. But currently, don't know when you'll be watching this video, but currently as of the 4th of July, just today, 2020, we are still in lockdown and social distancing is still in effect. It just dawned on me. If Panto ever starts again, it may only be a reference that UK folks understand, but bear with me. There's a great tradition of yelling He's behind you! At the, kind of your star and the baddies behind them. So you shout, entire audience shouts, he's behind you! Very entertaining. But with the world of social distancing, that can't happen. Of course, currently in the world of social dis distancing, panto can't happen anyway. So, it's a moot point. There we go. <laughs> right, hopefully, you're happily following along with me for stroke rates. And it's not taking too long for you to get locked into your pace. You should be able to hold your pace for the duration of this row. From the beginning of the 
first 10 minute interval to the end of the fourth, you should be able to hold the same 2K plus 18 to 22. Remember this is a, it's kind of a recovery row after the top tier one. Just gets your system into a slightly less hyper-activated state. Gives you a chance to get back to concentrating on technique and working on your base fitness. So if this is pushing you too hard, chances are you're either going too fast or you haven't really recovered after the top tier workout. But hopefully, hopefully my chat at the beginning made you aware of the importance of not overdoing it, so. I try not to over chat at the beginning. I mean, lots of YouTube channels have like a kind of an intro, uh, what would you call it? Almost like a free title intro before they get going with the session, but I don't think you need that, do you? Do you need me standing up and pointing at the camera and saying, do you want to improve your times on the rowing machine? Are you struggling to get faster? Are you lost? Do you know, not know what to do? Then come follow along with PDP rowing. I mean, obviously, obviously I'd be awesome at it. Um, trust me, I know I wouldn't, but I just don't think it's needed. I think you guys want to do a session and get into it as quick as possible. You give me the chance to explain what the row is, but after that, I'm sure you just want to get into some rowing. Remember that from my squash playing days when you got one hour coaching session and the coach spends half an hour of that talking to you about theory and you're standing on court getting colder and colder and more and more frustrated that you're not smacking a ball around. So. I don't really want to do that to you where you load up one of my videos and you have to put up with three minutes of intro before you even pull a stroke. Plus, we do then go on to spend 
quite a lot of time together, must be said. I mean, this is the, this is the 41st, maybe, video that I've put up. I'll have to count them properly, but you think each one of them will average around about an hour, give or take a bit. So let's lose 41. So good chance we've been in each other's company for about 40 hours. I think you know what I'm on about by now if you've watched all the videos. But even if you're just working through the this performance plan for the first time, we'll still have spent oh, three, 18, good 20 odd hours together. So I don't think you need a blurb at the front. I'm going to record a video properly explaining what the plan is though. So at the top of that I could always do a pre-title big sale but like the Wizard of Oz I'd be pre-title wise going hey come on roll with me I'll make you faster I'll make you fitter faster stronger I'm amazing yay and then you'd hit one of my sessions and see me unable to count mid-row and starting to talk about what I'm having for dinner instead of technique and and like I say before, there's enough serious, serious rowing row-alongs on YouTube and the internet. You don't need another one. I figure you need one like I do, where I just keep you company, give you some structure, some guidance, some distraction. Hopefully, some entertainment. Even when I'm messing up, it must be entertaining to watch that. So, one minute to go. Don't worry, I've not forgotten about technique. And more importantly, I've not forgotten about telling you what I'm having for dinner. Just like a good TV program. I'm leaving these bits to the last part so that you'll stick around and finish my session. Leave on a cliffhanger. <laughs> the key to rolling fast is, and then it all stops. The key to rolling fast is structure and repetition, to be honest. Just have a plan and do that plan. And you will get faster. Three, two, one. There we go. I'll be interested to watch this one back and see whether the strapless thing is having any effect on my butt scoot. I think it is. Excuse me a sec. Need to reseat my seat. 
still getting used to this. This Citius Remix Pro, Pro, whatever you want to call it. It does, I mean, I can feel, I think it's just because I spent so long on it yesterday. And then today, I can feel kind of a little bit of a pressure cramp going on. That's fine, we've only got another 10 minutes to go, excuse me. Ah, oh, no straps. Okay, press your button if you're on undefined rests and wait for me to start in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Last interval. In 10 minutes and 20 strokes a minute is only 200 strokes. Just round about the same amount of strokes as most people take for a 2K, give or take like 20 or 30 strokes, but. Anyway, let's kick off this final one. Oh, we're just a quick reminder about technique. Just, because this is kind of run about the point in the row where start to get fatigued and drop some of your posture and power and even start messing up stroke rates and things. So let's go over all the bits I've already mentioned while discussing the whole stroke. So we start at the catch, at the front of the machine. And the position you want in the catch is a forward lean to about one o'clock. You want your shins to be as close to vertical as possible, certainly not past vertical. Try and keep your knees as though they're about to go up into your armpits so they're not splaying outwards. Try not to have too much of a heel raise as well when you go forwards. You want a nice compression at the front all of the bits I've just spoken about, when you add straight arms, should mean you address the front of the machine at the catch, kind of coiled up like a spring, ready to explode out with your drive. So, the drive, make sure your core is engaged at the front, that's important. Arms are straight, relaxed, maybe even a slight point into the floor with your elbows, which helps engage your lats. Hands, fingers 
nice and loose, hooked over the handle. You're not choking the handle to death. And then get those heels down into the foot plate and push the machine away with your legs. And as you do that, try to maintain that forward lean and straight arms. Easier said than done. Takes a lot of repetition and practice and it's still not something that I do as well as I want to. But the point is, with all the uh, position things I've just talked about, when you drive through the footplate, pushing the machine away with your legs, with straight arms and an engaged core, all that power from your legs races up through your body, through your arms, to the handle, through the chain, and into the flywheel. And if you get those heels down and press with your legs, pushing away right in an instant, then you'll catch the flywheel and continue it spinning. Which is why I talk about the butt scoop that I have. Because what happens then is, because my butt has already started moving before I've engaged with the handle, I'm losing about six inches worth of leg power. Got to figure, my legs are well, my jean size is 32 inches. So if I'm losing six inches on every stroke, it's quite a loss. I'm not gonna do maths. We all know what happens when I count. And this is fractions. So anyway, that's why you drive with forward lean and straight arms. But then, as you get towards the back of the stroke, you want to swing your back back and pull in with the handle. So you go legs, back arms. Legs, back arms. See? Legs, back arms. See how long legs last. And then, the speed you brought your arms in at, get them away from your body. So whoosh, whoosh, to help engage that forward lean again. Rocking through the hips, both backwards and forwards. So hips, 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 hips. And then, once your handle is over your knees and you're in a body rock forward, bend your knees to recover to the front of the machine, ready for the next stroke. 
and then the next stroke and the next stroke and the next stroke rinse and repeat and that's it you'll notice I'm still strapless and at no point did I mention stopping yourself at the back of the stroke with your feet or pulling yourself forward with your feet the only real contention is what to do with your elbows at the finish some say up and out like that like that others like me say slightly out but elbows through first to help use your lats and your back muscles properly so there we go there's other things like handle height I prefer keeping it at a relatively consistent height because I don't row in the water but you might find on the water rowers are more kind of tap down up tap down up as they bring the oar in and out of the water but I don't see any water so in order to keep your posture nice and not risk slumping your back keeping the handle height up you can see the red tape in front of the machine that's to remind me to keep the handle up and try and drive out with the handle at that height 45 seconds to go is there enough time to discuss dinner? of course there is tonight is gnocchi with pancetta and a nice creamy sauce with lots of spinach nutmeg red onion mushrooms loads of parmesan cheese and a garlic baguette nom 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 looking forward to that one and look we got it in with three seconds to go Whew, so professional today eh? set your watch by that one Oy. Uh, quick drink reset monitor just row and let's just do a two minute cooldown so I finished I run about it was 152 heart rate at the end then probably because I was getting overexcited about tonight's dinner but I was holding 2k plus 18 through the whole session which I think in hindsight after yesterday's top tier one I shouldn't have done because I kind of I've kind of I've not dipped into mid but I'm definitely top of the bottom if you understand if you get what I mean so hopefully you're not as over eager as me but there we go 
So that's session five of the six day plan over and done with. Session six is another higher rate hard piece. So it's a mid tier, similar to the 24 minutes at 26 that we did last week. Last week? I think it was. Similar to that, but not that. And probably just check and you'll most likely see it unless you're on unless you're an early adopter of this training session where you don't know what the next session is until I post it. Anyway, so if you want to know more about that training plan, oh, seamless, then go to the rowalong.com website where there's a page with the training with this training plan on it. Indoorrowinginfo.com is my website which has lots of info about indoor rowing, funny enough. Like apps, teams, challenges, um, other training plans, the link to the FMMC challenge that Magnus von Schenk and I run together. This month it's a 60 minute challenge, so get your big boy pants and big girl bra on for that one. Um, yeah, so lots of stuff. I mean, I've tried to make this the portal for everything about indoor rowing. Um, unfortunately, I'm not really a marketing person, so I just it sits there and the odd person finds it rather than it being a big thing. But hey, we all try. Um, yeah, and that's it. And then make sure and subscribe, comment, smoke signals, whatever. Just let me know you're out there and you're enjoying these videos. Um, you'll see that I do reply to each and every comment that's left. Um, and it really does give me that little dopamine joy, that little hit when I go, oh, look, someone's commented. Um, and it's even better when it's a nice comment, of course. I've not really had, I've only had one negative, which is amazing. You think of the amount of rubbish, especially. I mean, did you catch my aluminium, aluminium one in the last session? Oh. I'm surprised I don't have people coming around and putting American flags around my house and teaching me to... Uh, but then you know I love Boston. Boston and New York. I proposed to my wife at the top of the Empire State Building, so... Uh, the United States of America definitely does hold a great place in my heart, so I, I only jest because I love. That's all I'm saying. Right, I'm into my ramble. I should be sitting here with a cigar and... A, well, not a cigar. Don't smoke, kids. Don't smoke. Should be sitting back with a nice glass of Jack Daniels and a comfy chair and I could be telling you a bedtime story while you're cooling down. Whereas I'm just rambling now. So anyway, so that's the end of uh, session five. Got one more to go for week three and then we're into the final week and the final week obviously has a big hit in it, um, which I hope you're all gonna look forward to. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's session. Do say hello, um, do stay safe. And of course, please be well and I'll see you soon, bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.